there is so many ways I've broken yeah. generational cycles. And, and in my book, in Step, Step, Jump, people will read about it. But this also, this interview is great because I realized my superpower is my vulnerability. I just want to be me. And in me modeling that and being courageously vulnerable in front of the world, I hope others do as well. Because I think we're yearning to really be ourselves completely. I am just a girl, passionate about breaking old generational cycles so that I can create a better legacy for my children. Welcome to Butterfly Effect, Breaking Old Generational Cycles. I am so excited. I'm about to have a girlfriend chat with my friend, Annabelle Quintero, who is a cultural wellness coach and the best-selling author of Step, Step, Jump, Transforming Trauma to Triumph from the 46th Floor. Oh, my friend, I am so excited <laughs> to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Annabelle, we're about to have a pretty explosive conversation about breaking old generational cycles and patterns. So I want to jump in and just get started. When you hear that phrase of breaking old generational cycles, what does that mean to you? Oh, I think about the stories I grew up with. I think about, actually, I think about that moment on the 11th when I was in the cab and realizing that one of the towers had fallen and me and Anthony just falling apart and then feeling so conquered and asking myself or, or saying to myself, this is how it must have felt for my ancestors when they're places of work or their places that meant so much that had so much power in society just crumbled and were gone and weren't even there anymore. Wow. That's so powerful to the point where my body lit up with goosebumps <laughs> because as soon as you said the date, of course, that date resonates with exactly what happened to the nation, but on September 11th, but most personal to you is the fact that you were there. You were there in that building that eventually crumbled. And I think my body lighting up is the emotion of gratitude, I feel, to be able to speak with you right now, who was once in that building and was able to leave the building before it crumbled. So as soon as you said it, my body just lit up. Can I just tell you, I'm so grateful that I can speak to you today. Mm, me too. Me too. And I, I'm just filled with gratitude as well, like to have this life and to have 20 more years of life. Um, it's overwhelming for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it has been for years. That was one of the um, 
my biggest healing journey was the survivor's guilt and always thinking about what am I doing today to make this life count, knowing that other people are not here. And it was heavy, you know, because sometimes you, you need to do the dishes or you need to do just, you know, these, these daily acts of life. And there was one time when it just didn't mean anything to me. And I was upset with myself that how could I spend time washing dishes or how could I spend time doing this and that? I need to do something so important. And that vicious cycle just kept me so trapped because nothing felt meaningful enough for this life that Mm. I have. Sometimes the gift is so big that no matter what you do, you just don't even feel worthy of it. And then you do nothing because you're just crushed emotionally. That's beautiful what you just said about the gift of being so big. The gift of life is big, but every moment of it is important. Even the mundane, (laughs) boring task of washing the dishes. (laughs) Even that, my friend, is an important part of this process. It so is. Yes. But I, yeah, I've learned. I've learned to just love the moment and realize that it's okay. You know, it's like I said, it's taken me years to unravel that vicious cycle, but I share it because I think those that have gone through wars, our veterans, our refugees, all of our brothers and sisters in urban areas that are in war zones, they're undeclared war zones, right? But Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. real. They're in the inner city. And, and so I say that for them too, because For people who've had that encounter in their life, there is a way out. I love where this is going already. I'm getting excited. (laughs) So tell me, what is the old generational cycle that you are breaking and why is it important? Yeah. um, Wow. There's been many of them, but the one that I have been really focused on personally this last year is my spirituality. In my book, I talk about growing up Christian, Protestant, and step-step jumping into my cultural blind spot for my healing. I did a sweat lodge. And I'm Latina. You know, my parents are from Ecuador, from Guayaquil. And I have African roots. I have indigenous roots and European. But in the Latino culture, you know, it's still very, the dominant culture is very European. And, and even we still, we were, we use the word Latino, which is very European. It's a European language that no one speaks anymore, right? <laughs> no one speaks Latin, but right. <laughs> so I've, it, with my cultural wellness practice, I'm kind of like a, a DEI strategist as someone who helps people with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I integrate holistic health practices. But even in this work, this last year, especially after I published my book, it was 20 years of September 11th. And here I am back at the sweat lodge and I hit a plateau professionally. I achieved a dream and then I was like, why am I stagnant? And so I knew I needed more in my spiritual life. And so one of the things that I have been doing is decolonizing my Christian faith Mm. and reclaiming 
my indigenous culture and spirituality. And, and I've even, you know, started learning more um, about even my African spirituality because Mm -hmm. it informs me and who I am. And I am been exploring that, but really I've been really situated with the Quechua, the ghetto lineage Mm -hmm. and really expanding my spiritual practice to not just replicate what I was taught in church, but to actually connect with the sacred, but allow the sacredness also for me to be in relationship with it. That's where I've been to, to grow because I, like I said, I hit this wall. I was like, what's going on? And I realized the book is me 20 years ago and now I'm 46. <laughs> And, and I've done a lot of living and I've grown. And yeah. so now, you know, even with your, with your business or your way of living, you only go as far as you are inside. That's so powerful. Everything that you just said is powerful to me because it is so important that we know who am I? That question is probably one. I won't even say probably. Let me back up. That question is one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves. Who am I? And you best be ready for the answer because because you are going to get the answer because that's the part of your soul that's been waiting for you to ask. And sometimes we don't ask and we're getting the answer and we can't see it. We're being told who we are, but because we didn't ask one, because we weren't ready to know, then we're not paying attention to the answer. So everything you just said about reclaiming the root of your spirituality, breaking down the chains of the colonized way of forced, constructed, spiritual beliefs, breaking that away and finding for you the pure, who am I? Where am I from? Who are my people? Mm -hmm. You know, what did they do? How did they do it? And can I take the best of that, the purity of that and be who I am today? Man, I'm getting goose. (laughs) It's so true because I, I really started the journey, um, in college. I mean, in my life, my family, um, the music, the dance and even the music and the dance. I was like, I've danced my whole life and dancing and music has healed me when at the time my, my family didn't believe in therapy. There was no psychologist that wasn't part of our culture. And I was like, okay. So then in college, I really learned a lot. And I had the honor of even one of my professors being my uncle. And he taught uh, Latin American history and Spanish. And so that was really where I learned about colonization and what had really happened. Um, and then I learned about African-American history and also taking that into the context of South America. Because, you know, I grew up here in, in North America. But I was like, well, wait a minute. My grandfather, he's, he's African Ecuadorian. So even when I had, when I was on this journey of writing my book and learning about my family history, I found out. So this is on my mom's side, my African side of my mm-hmm. family. 
mm-hmm. that his great grandfather fought with Simon Bolivar and fought for the independence of Guayaquil, which is the biggest port city in Ecuador. Wow. And they even, you know, General Fernando Ayarza, Mm -hmm. and they even have a statue of him. And so I'm uncovering, well, what happened to him? He was like, you know, everyone loved him. And even learning of how he passed away, that this, um, this president, Garcia Moreno, after they, after Ecuador had their independence, he wanted still the Roman Catholic Church to govern Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. Right. And he came up with a lie against my ancestor mm-hmm. saying something, you know, and, and I know <laughs> he, you know, he spent his whole life in war fighting for independence. He's like, why would he want to be under the church? Right. right. And so in his seventies, this president put, imprisoned him and mm-hmm. asked people to beat him and no one would beat him because mm-hmm. of how he lived his life. That's and people, powerful. yeah. And people were asking, please get him out of jail. You know, he's done so much for the country. He's, you don't, you have the wrong person. He would never do something like that. And he had to himself because of his own hatred and his own, you know, his own ambitions he took and um you know and he whipped him and he Mm. killed him and he was an elder Mm. i mean in his late 70s and i just remember like when i finally learned that i was like oh my goodness like people need to know Mm. and i know that with so much of the work I've done with education justice, racial justice, I never knew why as a child, like anyone mistreated, I would just have a broken heart Mm -hmm. and I would just speak up or do this or advocate. And I've always been that way. And I was like, it's in my DNA. Yes. I didn't know. So the work that I do is also to honor my ancestors and what they've gone through. And even if I don't look African, it doesn't matter, you know, like the stories are in our DNA. And I think the intergenerational trauma um, that I speak about in my book, I didn't even have a word for it, but I feel that we as people of color, as women, we hold that and we need to heal it. And it's hard to heal it when you're in a space where and in a culture that doesn't even acknowledge that pain that is in our DNA, the pain of our ancestors that we have to clear. You know, this is a web of life. This isn't just some line, like you're born, you live, and then you pass. That's a very Western way of thinking. And so, um, yeah, just even decolonizing the way I think of time now. I mean, it's, Yes, I send so much love to you because I know your soul. I know who you are. I remember the first time I spoke with you, such a gentle and beautiful soul that is, I knew you were on a mission. I knew it. I didn't know what the mission was, but I could hear it. It was so clear. And to just hear your story in just the way you felt that is a testament to who you are. That's why it's so important for us to know who we are and where we came from. Because here's the thing, 
If you don't know where you came from, you lose sight of where you're going. Mm, So true. And you don't have to hold on to the past. And I always say this, but you do have to understand how it's shaped you. And this is where breaking the old cycles and the old patterns become important because you take what's going to work to create the legacy that you, Annabelle, will create for your lineage, your your girls. And then guess what? You throw out what is destructive and the part of the lineage and the ancestry that is no good for you because Mm. somebody... Somebody must break the piece. Clip, let's clip off that piece that is going to continue to cause issues, but let's highlight the good pieces. Let's, you oh, know. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, that's the thing. I've always been proud of being a Latina. Like, even if the word is a contentious word, whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's how people in the world will understand how I identify ethnically. Yes. But we in the Latino community, need to do our work and how we have othered the African, othered the indigenous mm-hmm. and, and only have gotten value from our mixedness, our mm-hmm. mestizoness and how light skinned we are. Mm. So yes, this is definitely a, you know, the work that I love to do in the Latino community is how we can also do our own diversity work within us and also for us to understand the music and the dance, the rumba, the salsa, la merengue, la cumbia, that's all African. (laughs) The African drum. I mean, all of that, Celia Cruz. I mean, she, she, I played a song in one of my workshops and it starts with, I pray to Baba Lao and Yemaya and, and the Orishas. And it was all Yoruba spirituality. And, and because it got the rhythm and the dance, people are dancing to it. And I'm like, do they realize that she's just talking about all of African spirituality that forever we had to hide? Yeah. And we had to hide it under Catholic saints. Mm. Cause it wasn't allowed and it still is not allowed. Everyone's, oh, the witchery, the voodoo. And it's like, that's the spirituality. We, do we have freedom of religion? Even for my indigenous ancestors, when it's our menstrual cycle, our moon time mm-hmm. as women, we rest. Mm. We rest and all the other women would help out with our housework, with the children. And that was our time of ceremony. Wow. And to this day, can indigenous or detribalized like me mm-hmm. or anyone, can we honor our moon time? Right? Like right. if we really right. have freedom of religion, well, yes. where is it then? Why is it that the African and indigenous spirituality is not included in that? So that is what I am confronting in my life personally. I am reclaiming that. I love and, it. and that's the work that I feel, especially women and women of color mm-hmm. can really bring forth because I see a need for the feminine divine to truly lead mm-hmm. in a true sisterhood, not in this competition, not, you know, this scarcity mindset that the patriarchy created, yes. you know, like, 
oh, you know, like women compete so much or so vicious with each other. It's like, my goodness, like, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. You're not not even fighting against the men. The men are easier to deal with than the women sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I take it back to my community, you know, like, oh, you know, the way you look, the makeup, the los zapatos, the maquillaje, and just Mm -hmm. like all these ways that we have had to find power under the context defined imposed by someone else yes. and we're still taking too much energy on these outside superficial things and not doing enough inside and being and creating a sisterhood which I think we need right now. Absolutely. Listen, sisterhood is everything. I have always been that girl and I, you know, I seek out sisterhood and I, well, let me back up. I sought that out when I was younger to create my own family. I have some solid girlfriends. So I learned that I have a girlfriend crew that we've been friends for more than 30 years. Right. Wow. And we're there for things and we're there for marriages. We're there for divorce. We're there for births. We're there for babies. We're there for shoulder to cry on. We're just there. And that sisterhood meant so much to me because I was recreating a family at the time. And Mm. sometimes you do certain things and you don't even know why you're doing it (laughs) until later in life. But Because of that sisterhood, I learned how to be a sister to women, any woman. I learn and I I can pick up when you need a sister and I can pick up when you're that sister that don't want to be, um, you know, a part of that (laughs) tribe or community because I am so into that. I think it's vitally important especially now and a lot of us we compete because we haven't found that spirituality within us and because the external society says things like you should want more so I'm going to go back to a point you made earlier Mm -hmm. you said so your book was 20 years in the making and then you did it you finally did it and you became the best-selling author of step step jump and there it is it's manifested it's in your hands and you're on a high 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 this is awesome and then you go plateau well the plateau in my opinion because that's happened to me too in the past I achieve something and it's beautiful it's wonderful it's manifested and then I go pew 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 Okay, (laughs) let me tell you, let me tell you why. Because if we're not in touch with our spirituality, if we're not in touch with the divine within us, the part of us that says you are enough just the way you are and everything you do, even washing the dishes is enough. When we're not in touch with that and what we hear is the external noises of people say, then what? So what's your next? Okay, so you're a best-selling author. Now what? 
And so you hear that. What is my next level? Well, why can't the level you're at be good enough? And when I say that, I'm saying it, period. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's the external mm-hmm. noises that confuses the heck out of our spirituality, throws mm-hmm. us the heck off balance and make us think that the achievement that we just had was not good enough and we needed more. Mm. Mm-mm. It's true because that's the colonized mind. Your worth is about your production. And thank God, you know, now I have really great chosen sisters, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to my blood sisters. And that was one thing that I remember Rev Joe had said. She said, I don't hear enough of just feeling satisfied. Yes. She goes, I want to hear you satisfied and take it in and take this moment in. And I was just, you know, you need a sister to be lovingly honest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, yeah, like always looking forward and forgetting, not always, but we tend to, right? Mm-hmm. We tend to be in these moments where we're looking forward and we're not in the present moment. Yes. We're not enjoying the gift. So yeah. yeah, that's been profound for me to, like I said, healing is evolution and we're always evolving. And it's my job as a coach to do my own work mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, you got to be the student and you got to be the teacher oh, yeah. at the same time. Oh yeah. But I think where sometimes we get in trouble as coaches or as parents or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> As humans, yes, yes, <laughs> is that is that we have this position and we're helping people, but then we stop doing our work. Yes, and so yes, so that that was why I'm sharing you personally what's been going on with me <laughs> spiritually because you know here this book is talking about many spiritual awakenings that I had 20 years ago. Um, but it was 20 years ago, but this is what's happening to me now. Yes. And what I love about that is that you're open and open to learning, open to feedback, open to, for me, I learn from my clients. I learned so much about myself from my clients, open to being a student of life, constantly evolving and constantly learning. But the biggest piece for me is exactly what you stated in the beginning. It's tapping into my spirituality in a way where I can block out the external noise and I can listen to my inner guidance, my guiding post, my divine creator. I can ask, who am I? And welcome the answer with open arms. And I can know where I come from and be proud of who I am, everything about me, all of the, listen, I am from Jamaica, the Mm. island of Jamaica. So you know that what runs through that island is all sorts of different cultures. Mm -hmm. In my lineage is the Scottish, the African, the Indian, I mean, there are just so many. And when we give ourselves, not because we want to, but because that's what we were taught, to give ourselves some sort of identifier, 
right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because I know you know where the heck I'm going, right? (laughs) You know, we give ourselves this identifier because that's what we were told or taught. And we limit who we truly are to the core, to the soul of our being, not to the human being, but to the soul of our being. And that's why I just love, 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 love what you do, because it's tying that spirituality back to your your culture and understanding to the core who you are and being able to welcome it and accept it and embody it unapologetically I love it Mm, thank you I feel I'm so grateful I'm so grateful for the teachers in my life like Mary Lucian and Dr. Rosa Mesa and Carolyn Hartness who allowed who did that she poured my first lodge and then she also did it again on Mm -hmm. 20 years later um grandmother Linnea Moonwalker I mean the things I've learned about the moon. I'm like, I, how come I never learned this stuff? I took lots of science. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but yes, the, you know, all my teachers have definitely, and they've all been women. All my te- all spiritual teachers have been women, which is how, how it is in most cultures and how it was historically, right? Is that yeah. the spiritual leaders were women. And even that has been taken away from us as women. Right. Because because I didn't know that until you just said that, because when I think of spiritual leaders, because of what I was taught, I'm thinking of the men in the tribe. I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking (laughs) I am. I'm literally thinking of the elder men in the tribes, like because that's what I, I saw. That's what I learned. Man, we have to unlearn some bleep. Yes. And and like I said. We need them. We need our men. You know, we yes. need our elder men. Oh, you yes. know, like, oh, yes. You know, it's not about that. It's just to remember once we know more about even the history of women and where we have um, always led, then it makes sense. Oh, no wonder women are the ones always filling up the pews in church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I wonder Mary was the one who, you know, yes. <laughs> the balance. But it's, but, but it's understanding the, the history and the, with balance because the balance has been thrown off and it's been taught very much without that balance. So absolutely. Mm. You know, this conversation is so awesome. <laughs> I could just go on for days and days and days. <laughs> you know, what I want you to share with us is just, any challenges that you might have faced breaking this very important cycle? There's so much work around mindset in coaching. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest challenges I see is that most people who've had a coach or a mentor, they understand, okay, I need someone to be accountable. I need someone to help me with my mindset and, and kind of show me my blind spots. Most people accept that relationship. I think the biggest challenge that I've seen in, in my work is that people don't see that challenge collectively. 
they don't realize that collectively you still need the coaches to tell society, Hey, you're, this is your blind spot and that you're still developing as a society and that, Oh, you're a little unconscious here and you need to actually go into your cultural blind spot because the culture you're in right now has no clue and your results show that you have no clue, but because dominant culture and the way of thinking is so prevalent, there's like a fighting. There's like a, you know, trying to push it away and like, well, you know, <laughs> and, and the coaches on the societal level don't have the same power as society itself. Right. Cause yes. you have the dominant culture. And, and, and so I'd say that it's interesting that people will go to a coach personally, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that they need, we need collective coaching. Yes. We yes. need society to listen to the folks that are most impacted to the folks that don't have power because there is wisdom there mm-hmm. that is not being acknowledged and most certainly needs to be integrated. And then it's also personal. And that's what I'd say professionally. One of the challenges personally, it's always work to change your own mindset. It's very hard to decolonize your mind. Mm-hmm. It's a constant daily work and how to go away from being a boss lady. Like, I don't want to be a boss lady. I want to live abundantly. Yes. I, I don't need to be a female hustler. I don't want to hustle. Mm-mm. That's not right. But so the paradigm shift that even you yourself, us as coaches that we have to do, and then how we help the world, right, to do it on on our one-to-one coaching, on our group coaching, or collectively, if we're, you know, a strategist or an advisor for an organization, a corporation, that's what I see is the biggest challenge right now is, yes. is that, um, that parallel, right? Yes. For, for people to see that parallel and that need for us and the yes. need for our message to be listened to and integrated. And, you know, that's beautiful that you said it because, that's my whole intent is the mindset shift. I'm all about one one person at a time. And with each person you uh, get to make that shift, that paradigm shift, that person will then either affect one other or a group of people. And so a lot of times people are like, oh, this is just too big. Well, it might be huge, but that ripple effect is one of the most profound. And you may not see the ripples right as you make that impact, (laughs) but you can best believe the ripples are going and going and going. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, I realized, even when people read my book, they're like, I can't believe you put all that in my, in your book. And it's like, I'm not hiding like, no. and, and there's so many lessons. And like I said, there's so many ways I've broken yes. generational cycles. And, and in my book in step, step, jump, people will read about it. But this also, this interview is great because I realized my superpower is my vulnerability. I just want to be me and in me modeling that and being courageously vulnerable in front 
of in front of the world, I hope others do as well. Cause I think we're yearning to really be ourselves completely. That's where the work is right now for all of us is who am I? And can I really be myself mm-hmm. right now while I'm on earth? Can I do it? So Annabelle Gandero, you know, I love saying <laughs> your name cause I know how to roll the R. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> Can you share with the listeners how they can find you to um, learn more about your beautiful work and to go out and buy your best-selling book? Absolutely. So they can go to stepstepjump.com. My book is on Amazon. It's, um, you know, an independent publisher. You can go to any bookstore and get it or order it. And I am on LinkedIn as well. And also on Instagram, you know, I'm Annabelle underscore Quintero. So people can find me there as well. And of course I'm on Facebook too. <laughs> yes. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> My Actually, friend, this yeah. has been awesome. I, I feel like I, um, we just sat at the coffee shop and <laughs> had coffee and you know, and it's always like this with us. It always it is. It's like no time has passed at all. It's None been at all. Such an honor, Stacy. Thank you for having me. And I'm just so, so excited that the whole world gets to, gets to meet all the people you know and get to hear your voice. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I think this is the best gig ever. <laughs> what? to speak to people these um you know ordinary people with extraordinary concepts and and to share with the world omg yes it's the best gig ever second to the gig of me being a mom because that's one of my favorites (laughs) oh yeah me too Thank you so much for being here. You are awesome. And everybody check out Annabelle Condero and her book and let's make a difference. Let's start changing the mind. Let's decolonize our minds and be who we were bought on this earth to be. And I want my listeners to know that in the end, I want you to be inspired to break free from the old constructs of the past and create a new legacy. 